Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to Ring the Bell, Season 2, Episode 2. That's Heath Bell. That's Nick Kreider. I'm born in Azari here. It's still a little bit dull in Padres land, even though we are days away from players reporting for spring training. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing good. I'm freezing out here in Texas with an ice storm, but otherwise I'm doing pretty good. I got my trophy right next to me, so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I was going to say the calm before the storm for spring training, but the storm's already hit Heath down in Texas. Absolutely. And we got – go ahead, Heath. I was going to say a lot of guys that are live out here and whatnot, they're probably itching to go out to Arizona to get ready for spring training. Heath, I know I would be. How many former Padres live around you, right? It's it's Ryan Ludwig. Ryan Ludwig you, lives nearby. Scott, um, Scott Linebrick, right? Scott Linebrick lives not far. Uh, Chad Qualls lives – in here um i'm trying to think it's like some other guys they weren't padres Padres (laughs) what was that it's like a retirement community for padres players well i think the austin area not in austin but right around austin's a really nice area if you want some land and you know if you like to hunt and fish and then um san diego is a good place for everybody to live you know ex-ball players live there but and i i kind of think this area like mark to moved out here you know, there's there's a bunch of guys in the Austin area. It's we're not in Austin. We're just right outside of Austin, and um, it's just it's just a really nice area. So yeah, quick little story. When I was in high school, for the people who don't know me very well, I've I've said this before early in the podcast, but I went to the same high school that Heath's son just graduated from. We didn't know each other then, but Georgetown High School. I grew up there after moving from San Diego when I was 11. And when we would do fundraising for the football team, we would be selling like coupon cards to like all the local businesses and everything. And so you would get assigned neighborhoods, right? And my group of four would get assigned to this one neighborhood. And we were like, you know, that's a nice neighborhood, but we can go a little bit nicer. So we took our <laughs> our own little opportunity to go to a nicer neighborhood that was gated called Cimarron Hills. And that was the neighborhood of Nolan Ryan. And we actually knocked on Nolan Ryan's door oh, one time. Right. And he, did, he wasn't there. But uh, his, uh, I think his housekeeper did buy a coupon card from us. So maybe he just doesn't answer the door. That too. A <laughs> hundred, a hundred door rings. I think it was day. during baseball season, so I'm sure he was GMing the Rangers at the time. Yeah, could have been. Well, speaking of Nolan Ryan, we got other pitchers coming up for the Potters. We have Fan Fest coming up this Saturday. It's going to be absurd. Uh, I know the whole city's buzzing and. We talked about this last time. We ain't charging for tickets. Uh, some other organizations up the five are. So that's we're already kind of winning in that regard. Did you, Nick, did you see Freddie Freeman? Yeah, before we get into kind of the, the AJ Preller stuff on only and, and that stuff today, did you see Freddie Freeman say we're still kind of kings of the West after even though they lost yeah. to the Padres in the postseason? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Because I know Padres fans are split. Some people think, you know, the Dodgers are still the class of the NL West because we haven't won the division in a while, but we did take them out last year. 
look, if it was a regular season competition, then they can crown themselves kings, right? But when it comes down to playoffs, who prevailed? We did. I mean, ultimately, we didn't win at all, so we can't really call ourselves kings either. But, look, they had our number in the regular season, but what does it matter if you're not going to get it done in the postseason? Yeah. yeah. You know what I would say? I mean, first of all, <clears throat> I wish I could go this weekend, but my son's actually starting his season at Minute Maid Stadium, so I'm going to Houston. But nice. um, here's the thing. If the Dodgers want to talk, let them talk and let us uh, do the talking on the field. So it's one of those things uh you never heard MJ talk as much as LeBron does now, you know, and I'm not, okay. I'm not hating on LeBron. Okay. He's a great athlete and a great guy. I don't know about that. Cause I don't know him personally, but he's a great athlete, but MJ, he just let his uh, performance talk for itself. So, and I think the Padres, that's all we got to do. We just got to go out there and, let our performance talk for themselves and the Dodgers can say they're the King or say they're whatever they want to say. But when it comes down to who goes farther in the playoffs, you know, we'll be crowned. And should, we they, were have crowned last year. should they have learned that the hard way after Dave Roberts before last year, beginning already crowned them world series champions and they get bounced by, by those friars. They're, they're, they're still chirping. They're still chirping. That's they're, how upset. Be. they're upset. They're still butthurt. They're still butthurt from last year. They're literally still shocked. Like, how did we lose? What what happened? I, 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 we just beat you. Sorry. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we saw, uh, you know, the day was actually going a little bit dry in, in, in Friarland. And then later today, Buster only had his podcast, everybody, discussing, you know, with AJ Preller about the future of some big-time superstars for the San Diego Padres, Manny Machado, Juan Soto first one was Manny Machado and only asked Preller some questions related to his contract and those negotiations and you know he said that they were going to have a, you know some talks over the next few weeks heading into spring training about his status but Preller also noted that it's really up to Manny Machado and it's his decision because people are forgetting that he doesn't need to opt out and I think Preller right. was trying to remind people that this is Machado's choice. It's not really us here. And I think the media and us fans have assumed that he is. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? And just hearing about Preller kind of saying, don't look at me, look at Manny. I think it's just, it's, it's a smart move by AJ. One of the few things, smart moves he's done, but <laughs> it's one of the, well, we all know I'm not a huge fan, but it's one of those things that it is Machado's um, decision. If he wants to opt out or if he wants to talk with the Padres to try to extend his contract or whatnot. Um, I think he's only 30 years old. So it's, uh, it's kind of what a rod did back in the day, but um, it really, it lays up. It's to Manny and his, his agent, what he wants to do. Does he want to play out his contract? Does he want to use that option to see if the Padres will extend his years or whatnot? So, you know, it's smart for the Padres to be talking to Manny, but also at the end of the day, Manny could just say, Hey, I want to stay here and do this contract. And then uh, we'll talk it, you know, in a couple more years. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my thinking too, right? Like he doesn't necessarily have to opt out this season. Like he can opt out any season after this, after this year. Right. So who's to say that he maybe stays for one more year, collects that $30 million, which is already a pretty hefty price tag. And they see where they're at with the Juan Soto extension. What happens if they don't extend Juan Soto and all of a sudden, okay, Manny, here's your money, the money that you wanted. You are going to be rewarded because you played well and that you were patient with us when we, when we needed to figure out what we were doing financially and we're going to reward you. And look, I think they've really ingrained themselves in the community, him and his wife. And I think that 
if they had it their way, like what if it was money aside, they'd probably stay there till the end of his career. Like he's mm-hmm. really solidified himself as like a cha- a champion player in the city of San Diego. You know, like he's a, to me, he's already one of the greatest Padres of all time. Just of what he's done so far in the field, kind of just like the leadership that he's brought to the clubhouse and being in that wave of bringing Padres baseball to where it should be. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things here, but look, AJ's being smart with it. Like, as he said, you know, like they're putting the ball in Manny's court. I, I don't think they're going to break the bank from them. I, I think it's kind of more of a strategic move saying like, look, it's Manny's decision. You know, at the end of the day, like we're not going to go over a certain number because we still have to play other players and we want to be competitive and Manny knows what he's worth. But at the same time, like we want to put ourselves in a situation where we can go out and get the guys we want. Yeah, and I think Manny Machado has also just completely changed the narrative of how people view him as a player. Uh, I think, you know, when he ended that stint with the Dodgers, a lot of people had question marks about who he is integrity-wise, and I think all of that was shot down immediately after he started coming to San Diego and playing with the Padres. And, you know, as Nick said, one of those first pillars to really change the culture, um, you know, of this franchise. So Manny Machado has been – fantastic for the Padres. There's still a lot of decisions to come from a money perspective. Other side, from a money perspective, we want to shout out our sponsors, betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. We got the Super Bowl coming up, NBA All-Star Game, all these big-time sporting events. Go over to BetOnline, use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your welcome bonus. Gentlemen, have we talked about this? What a quick, quick digress. Super Bowl picks. Lock it in. Who, who are you guys going with? I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You got Mahomes. Right? Keith, uh, you, you were rooting for the Niners before this. I, mean, I was rooting for the Niners. <laughs> I was. I was you just for like the teams Niners. in red. I'm, I'm being honest. I can't root for the Niners in two weeks. So no, you can't. They, they ended up losing. We don't have any more quarterbacks. We went through all of them. Yeah, yeah. Are you a Niners fan? Like you grew up a Niners fan? Um, I didn't really grow up watching football. You know, I kind of my family didn't really watch football. And then um, I started becoming a Charger fan. Yeah, when we moved to San Diego, when I was playing with the Mets, I had to pick the Jets or the Giants. So I picked the Jets, and then uh, Johnny Franco liked me. So it was a good pick because he hates the the Giants. But then I went to San Diego, and I started meeting some of the Padre or the Charger guys and started becoming friends with them. And then they moved up to L.A. And then my oldest son uh, that's in college now was like, we can't root for them anymore. <laughs> and I used to have season tickets. So I was like, all right, pick one team that we can root we'll root for and we'll go there once a year or whatnot and just kind of make it our thing. And then for some odd reason, he picked the 49ers. So that year they only won two games the year that he picked the 49ers. So we we actually went to both games. So I guess, you know, we're Niners fans now. I think he picked them because of Kittle, but that's, he he was upset that the Chargers moved North. So he picked a team that's even further North, but (laughs) yeah. They yeah, don't you even know, play in San Francisco. So be, before I get to my pick, I always thought that it was really cool and something that's sorely missed in San Diego when Chargers players would really kind of ingrate themselves into like the Padres community and vice versa. Like you would see, you know, Nick Hardwick and Ladanian and you know Philip Rivers, like guys like that throwing out the first pitch and wearing Padres jerseys with their names on them. Like that's something that I really miss about having the Chargers in San Diego. I mean, I know it's a small thing, but when two teams in the same city share a camaraderie, you know, and, and they support each other. I think that's like really, it goes a long way. And at the end of the day, like I think winning breeds more winning, right? Like it, it, it's, it's contagious. Like you see Atlanta, right? Like 
you, you see the Braves, you know, and you see the University of Georgia, you know, and the same thing with New England. You see the Patriots and the Celtics and the Red Sox. And it just happened in Los Angeles with the Rams and the Dodgers and the Lakers. Like it's all a domino effect. So I really believe like if we had another another team in San Diego, if That's the Chargers thing, like, were still here. If we had the Chargers and we had the Clippers, yep. You know, you'd see everybody. Unfortunately, everybody kind of left San Diego except for the Padres. So you still got some Clippers players though that do show their love and support for the Padres, Paul George, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, like those guys were in attendance last year at the games, but back to the original question, Porna, I'm taking the Eagles here. Um, I think for them, this defense has played out of their minds all season long. It's one of the things that have been not overlooked, but I think has been overshadowed a little bit by the offense. Jalen hurts has played out of his mind as well. If there was a com- not a comeback, if there was a most improved player in oh, the yeah. NFL award, it would be Jalen hurts. Oh, and definitely. I believe that really solidified himself as a true franchise quarterback and i think he's here to stay but that defense that was the question that was the the driving force against the chiefs the last time when they played against the bucks they smothered patrick mahomes and i really think that this eagles d line who led the league in sacks is going to do the exact same thing and they're going to come away with it mahomes is the better quarterback philadelphia has the better team it's a tough decision, tough question. I'm going Philadelphia. For me, it was their ability to run the football against that Niners defense. I was stunned that they were able to. When I saw that, I was like, yep, book it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hammer them. So go to bet online, folks, and ride with either Nick, myself, or Heath. So here's the situation, everybody. We talked about Manny Machado, <laughs> that situation. Let's talk about Juan Soto now with the San Diego Potters. I think this is the biggest question mark, right? A lot of people don't understand you know, is he going to sign this extension? Are they going to let this thing go to free agency? We know the whole Scott Boras situation. AJ Preller spoke about it, and he said, we're going to have discussions with Juan Soto in the next couple of weeks, you know, about what his, quote, appetite is to stay long-term in San Diego. He doesn't think that we'll, there will be contract extension talks during the season, which makes sense. Heath, I'm not really quite sure as to all your different contract situations, but were you ever – in talks or agent in talks with teams during the season, or was it always a before thing or an after thing? Uh, a little bit during with the Padres, you know, before I became a free agent, but um, there wasn't real serious talks. Unfortunately, it was just kind of like, Hey, you want to come back for nothing? You know? <laughs> so, you know, when, when I met you, basically you want to come back for um, half of what you're actually making this year. So you those know. are the cheap years, huh? Yeah, I mean, literally, so I'll tell you, I was making $7 million my last year with the San Diego Padres, and they were talking to me to a two-year contract worth $7 million. And it started out <laughs> at $6 million. So two years, six. So I would got three years, three years. So I would have gone from seven down to three, down to three, if I stayed there. Heath, I think I, I know the answer to this question. I've asked you before, if the Padres won the World Series, would you be jealous? And of course you said yes, but of course oh, you yeah. want them to win. But are you a little envious these days of just the money getting thrown around in baseball? I'm envious, not so much. I mean, the money, yes, because it would be so much nicer to have more money. But I don't want to be greedy. But what I'm real envious is when I was playing for the Padres, we wouldn't go out and get anybody. We wouldn't, you know, like they let Trevor Hoffman go. And then they traded away Jake Peavy and they didn't want to sign Adrian Gonzalez. And it was like, you know, it's like, you know, they didn't want to keep anybody. So it was like, uh, you know, you know, Chris Young um, was doing very well too for the Rangers and they didn't want to extend him. And it was just like, who are we getting? And then they would bring up guys and it's like, this guy throws a lot of strikes, but he throws 84 miles an hour, you know? Yeah. 
but he throws a lot of strikes. It's like, okay, there's, great. A, reason, there's a reason why we haven't won a division championship since 2006, right? Because you're yeah. talking about those years where they sheeped out literally every single year. I mean, the, I'm looking at the Seth Lugo contract right now. Yeah, let's talk about that. $15 million, Heath, for two years. Let's talk about that. You were a better player than Seth Lugo. You went, you were a three time all star. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, if you guys are listening to, uh, no inflation, sure. Base, but yeah. But baseball tonight, you know, AJ basically said they're going with Seth Lugo as our fifth starter. Um, the guy hasn't started in the last couple of years, you know, and they're saying, well, you know, he's done it with, um, the Mets. And, you know, that's, and he all, AJS said, that's what he really wanted. And he wanted to sign with the team that was going to give him a chance to go to, you know, be the starter. Well, gosh, you know, I, I want to go to a team to be a starter, but I was a closer. I mean, should the club just listen to exactly what I want and to do what I want? I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we don't need a long relief guy. You know, we need a bona fide fifth starter. And what I would love to see AJ do is, you know, they could bring Lugo in and you and some young guys, We you, there's one starting role. Whoever does the best in spring training, it's yours. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. a, it's a job that's got to be open. You know, you can't just say, well, you're going to be our fifth starter. And, um, you know, if you don't do really well, then we'll move you to the bullpen. But we'll give you the first crack at it. Well, what bonifies that? Just because the kid, the guy wants it? Well, I you think know, that was the only way they were going to sign him, Heath, because I think he wanted some team to commit to him as maybe, a starter. Maybe the 29 other teams realized he's not a starter. Yeah. You know, and that's why we were the only idiots that actually said, <laughs> sure. I mean, me being the hopeful Padres fans, maybe I'm thinking Ruben Niebla can maybe work his magic and turn this guy into a pretty decent fifth man. But I think you look at what we have in our organization in terms of starting pitching depth. And I think there's a decent amount of guys who can vie for the spot. And he, I know you're with me, like Ryan Weathers, Jay Groom, Julio Tehran, you know, Anderson Espinosa. Like there's a bunch of guys out there who could maybe earn this role. You know, there's a lot of young guys. Yeah. It's it, Reese Kinnear. I know you like too. they, they, they got Brent Honeywell, yep. but I think what he, what he's point too was last time is you have all these different guys. You're just hoping one of them can stick. You're hoping one of those guys can find some consistency and be a starter. If you have a, a six to seven guys where you can pick from, the chances are, knock on wood, you're going to find one who's going to hey, stick, right? And that's, I think, all they're looking for right the now. The Dodgers do it every year. There's a so guy that we've never the even Dodgers heard of. are good at that, though. Get, give <laughs> one guy. Let's just say Weathers makes, is the best out of spring. He does great the first three or four games and then kind of sucks ones or two. Send him down, bring somebody up like Jay, whoever's doing really well in AAA. Bring him, whoever's the hot hand, and just have that fifth guy, whoever's the hot hand. You probably Thoughts have- on a six-man? What's that? Thoughts on a six-man rotation? No. So what you're doing is you have, you have a five-man rotation, and your fifth guy is the young guy and whoever's got the hot hand in AAA. So you call him up, and he probably gets two or three starts. And send them back down, call somebody else up. Mm-hmm. But That's, you don't love the six man rotation, right? If they were, I don't like the six man rotation. Yeah, no, I, I feel I, like it messes up the groove. It just here's the thing you got guys that on the you got three horses on the team right now with Darvish and Musgrove and uh, uh, Schnell that have been going every five days. Now yeah. you, you mix them up. So what if there's an off day and everybody goes a six day? Now, if you have a six man rotation, everybody's going to seventh or eighth day. Yeah. So it's and like they're, once they're losing starts. And I will tell you as a reliever, 
um, the more you pitch, the better you would be. If you got, if you only pitch one day a week, you're probably a little rusty. Yeah. You, you know, look, feel a little bit stronger, but you're more rusty. If you pitch three times a week or four times a week, you feel more sharp. You feel like your stuff is good where a starter kind of gets those two starts a week, roughly. Yeah. And he, he kind of knows where he's going. He's looking at the, um, the, the, the month of this, the schedule of the month. And saying, okay, well, I'm going to start in this season. We're going to Cincinnati. I'm not going to pitch those games. Maybe I'll just relax a little bit, work out a little bit more. And then the next city, we're in Chicago or somewhere. That's going to be my day to start. You know, it really focuses on that. But when it goes back to when you know when you're going to play, you almost perform a little bit better than For when sure. you, you show up every day and you're not sure if you're in the lineup, where you're in the lineup, if you're going to start that day, if you're going to be a bullpen guy, if you're going to be a reliever. A starter rather, you know, that's why I was like when Weathers first came up and he did okay. And then they moved into the bullpen to just send him, send him down. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's going to be your future starter, send him down and get him, get him some starts, get him some innings, get him back up there, not throw him in the bullpen because yeah, we like his arm and we want to keep him. But you know, I mean, you got some good young guys, AJ, you know, yeah. you, don't, don't, you don't have to give 15 million. You're going to give millions of dollars to Manny and Soto and so many other guys. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't need to spend all that money and spend that fifth man in the rotation. Make them, hey, we're going to platoon all the young guys. You know, and if like, say, let's just say Weathers. And I, I don't, I'm not saying I like Weathers and I hope he does really well. But let's just say he is dog for the next, for the first three starts. And then we have somebody that's not on the 40 man that's just tearing it up. Take Weathers off the 40 man, put, you know, he'll probably clear waivers because nobody likes him. And if he doesn't clear waivers, well, guess what? He wasn't doing good for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bring, bring that guy that was dominating in AAA or AA that's tearing it up as a starter, mm. bring him up to the big leagues. I yeah. mean, the Cardinals, Cardinals do it all the time. The guy that's really hot towards the middle of the end of the season in the minor leagues, the guy gets called up and they, it's, they always talk about this guy got drafted last June or in June and he's up in the big leagues in August. Hey, we always get almost no hit by the guys making their debuts. I mean, <laughs> if we just bring up a guy making his debut, like every series, like maybe we'll have some luck here, but yeah, don't you know, be afraid to use the farm system. Don't right. Be afraid. They don't the, have to be prospects. The thing is born. And I'm sure you can agree with me here. Like the Padres have been pretty bad with developing homegrown pitchers. Yeah. Like in just in recent, like, okay, we had that good year of paddocks rookie year, which like that was okay. And we were hoping that he was going to be an ACE and then that kind of declined a little bit. And we're talking weathers, you know, and of course, you know, we had Quantrill, but we shipped him away and, you know, we had Mackenzie Gore and like, he had some rockiness as well. And like, I, I want to see someone through that is a homegrown Padres pitcher that can hit the mound. And I'm not asking for a day one ACE, you know, but like someone who's serviceable. Yeah, there was that article that came out on The Athletic, I think, after they had dealt Quanrell, and he was complaining about how he was learning so much, so many more things when he got sent to Cleveland versus when he was in San Diego about, I didn't even know the shapes of my pitches existed, things like that, where he was like, I never even learned that in San Diego. So as much as I, we want to peg our franchise's past, we're optimistic that Ruben Niebla, that's why they made that hire. They brought him over from Cleveland. The, the Guardians were just pumping out homegrown you know, fantastic pitcher. So we're hoping that narrative has changed. And now, you know, with the Padres drafting Dylan Lesko and some other big time guys in the draft, they're really trying to load up on pitching in their farm system. So 
TBD, right? We don't know yet if, if Niebla is going to kind of change the fortunes, but it's kind of like, you know, Heath's guy, Ryan Weathers. We called this guy up. He made his major league debut in 2020, right, in the bubble in the LDS against the Dodgers when he was, I think, 19, 20 years old. Now this is, it's three years later, and he's kind of stuck. So we're hoping that this year he can kind of get out of whatever his issues were. But, yeah, as you said it, the reason it's not sustainable if we have to continue to give up assets in our farm and get starting pitchers. And it's even worse when it doesn't work out, like Mike Clevenger. When you give up that much to get Mike Clevenger and it doesn't even work out for many reasons that we shouldn't get into, it's just a mess, right? So yeah. you're really hoping the reason the Dodgers are able to sustain their success, they always got guys in their pipeline. Now it's Bobby Miller, right? Julio Urias. Like it's got guys in their pipeline that are excelling. So listen, the, the Dodgers always out. have one guy in the rotation that's young. Yeah, what's that? The, the Dodgers always have one guy in their rotation that's yeah. a young guy. That's the one thing that we miss out. We never have the one guy. We always said, "Well, this veteran, he could do it." That's a good point. We thought it was Gore last year, and he was effectively wild. And then the arm started getting tired, and we realized he uh, was just kind of getting shelled. And I think he's going to be great, but obviously, <laughs> but send him back young. down, just like yeah. Weathers. As soon as he gets hit, send him back down. As soon as he gets his feet under him, bring him back up. Don't put him to the bullpen and say, well, he's got to learn how to pitch up here. No, yeah. he didn't learn how to pitch. Go back down, figure out how to do it. Because AAA in the big leagues is very similar. It's just all mental. It's yeah. the same way. It's just a mental game about in the big leagues. If you do something wrong, you're going to see yourself on baseball tonight, sports center. In AAA, <laughs> if you do something wrong, nobody's going to hear about it. Yeah, we also forget that DeGrom debuted at 27. Like, everyone's got a different timeline too. Like there's a different path. So just because a guy is 22 years old and like, he's your top prospect doesn't necessarily mean he's ready. You know what I mean? You can send him down and, you know, see if he's ready in two more years, but you know, it is all mental. And I actually wanted to talk about something that I saw today. Heath baseball has got to be the most super superstitious sport there is. I mean, sports <laughs> in general, superstitious, but I saw Derek Jeter go on Jimmy Fallon's oh, show. You heard about that. I don't know if you saw this, but I've heard about it. He talks about for those who haven't seen it yet. He talks about how he he, in 2002, he had a teammate that had a gold thong hanging up in the (laughs) locker room. I didn't see it. And he said, what's the gold thong for? And he's like, hey, you put on the gold thong. You're guaranteed to get a hit. And he's like, he goes, when you're going through a slump, you need to put a gold thong on. Right, right, right. So he said in 2004, he was going through one of the worst slumps of his career. He puts on the gold thong. He said, put it on over his shorts. What didn't wear it? Just, you know, commando. Sure but sure Yeah, did. sure, Derek. <laughs> um, and then he said, he said, first at bat, he gets a home run. <laughs> so my question to you, wow. Heath, is, is there any superstitions that you saw in the locker rooms as you played or any gold thongs that were going around? Uh, I don't know about a gold thong, but definitely thongs. Yeah. You know, uh, you're either girlfriends, your wife's a girl that you just met. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys would sometimes be on streaks. They would have some, uh, lingerie on, you know, some thongs or something. So, you know, nice. I've seen as far as, uh, guys, uh, put some pantyhose on underneath there or, or they had socks over that because, you know, for whatever reason, and they were going to do well and they, they went on a, like a good hit streak. So, so like it, it starts broke. as a joke, I'm guessing. Right. Cause you're like, whatever, like, like I can't get any worse at this point. And then it gets real myself and then it gets it's, real. It's, 
I think it's just it's a tradition thing of um uh, gosh, I think <laughs> no, it just baseball players being su- really superstitious and stuff. I mean, yeah. uh I'm you know for Did you have anything, Heath? Did you do anything? Not, not really. I was kind of, I don't know. I probably yeah, had, you had baby Yoda. I had Yoda and stuff, and I used to have a bunch of toys in my locker, and I was just a big kid. So um, but there was this thing uh called uh slump buster. If you were ever, you know, you'd find a really big girl and you mess around with her and, and she, she gets you out of the slump. So, you know, that was one of the things I know, I know guys in the minor leagues, they were going through a bad slump. They would go out to the bar and try to find the biggest <laughs> girl. And you would think they, the organization just has someone on, on call. Like, Hey, Sally, uh, we well, need your help. <laughs> you know, Kim's not hitting things. too well right now. <laughs> It's it's probably you can't do it with social media anymore the way it goes you know no nah, you can't the whole Trevor Bauer thing but it's just one of those things that's just things happen you know it's like hey you know what just go get hammered because you know yeah. I know some pitchers after they start and they just struggle they just go on a two day binge and just drink and then they would just stop caring and then they would go out there and just try to pitch without a headache and they would and do shove. great and shove. Yeah, like David Wells, he went out and he was actually hung over the day he pitched perfect game. He was just no trying to go way. out and go five innings. Wow. I mean, was it Doc Doc Ellis who pitched the no hitter on acid? Yeah, but it was. I mean, if you actually look at their games before, they weren't doing well. So it was like, man, I got to do something to change up and just not overthink yeah. this. You know, Aaron Rodgers took a really big ayahuasca trip and then he came back and won the MVP. Uh, I mean, he's back to back MVP. So I don't know, maybe some, some MLB players that were uh, in a rut last season can go and take ayahuasca trips. Yeah. I think uh, baseball players rub off on a lot of uh, other athletes, but yeah, there's that, um, that thong is, is a big, I'm a big believer in it. I mean, I wasn't a hitter, but I saw a lot of hitters struggle and then put a thong on and, and rake. And then when you were on the mound, you could be like, "Uh Oh, that guy's got an outline of a thong if, on her if, pants. If I'm I ever out. was on the mound and I saw somebody itching, you know, in the butt area, <laughs> I was like, let's walk this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That, that is some awesome stories from the clubhouse. I'm dying to know more. That's a good one with the thongs. I didn't see that clip on Jeter. Was it a good bit on Fallon? Yeah, it was. On, I just, I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Fallon, but that was actually a pretty funny moment. Uh, I mean, it's always interesting to to hear from Jeter because he's a pretty private guy. But you know, the fact that he revealed that's hilarious. The yeah, part man. is, I heard that, and I I thought to myself, and I was like, dude, I did hear Jeter back in the day. Like, there was like one time he put a thong on, and he was so embarrassed, but he did it, and he hit a bomb. So, and I forgot why. I wonder who the teammate was. I'm I'm dying to know who that was. They said that he was introduced in 2002 and then he came back 2004. I'll I'll do some digging. (laughs) Man, wow. I'm 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 just trying to think of a transition from that. I don't even have one. I mean, that's that's a whole topic on its own. But I do want to end. Go ahead. I was going to say not much to talk about right now during Padres dead period. So I, I let's talk about, how about, how about AJ, AJ puts a thong on why he's negotiating the contracts of Machado, <laughs> Machado and Soto. That would be a good. We, we need I, a I thong for Otani. Heath, we need someone, a thong for Otani. Okay. Someone that watches the Hogwalk channel definitely has a, a connection to AJ. I know that's someone out there. Can talk to AJ, hit him up on his personal line, or I don't know, serve some coffee or gets his sandwich made, whatever. Slip that in there. Let him know that he needs to purchase. I don't care what color thong it is. 
so Put we can back pocket. Yeah, exactly. Just dangle the thong a little bit. <laughs> it's just... Hey, we'll 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 end it on a Tatis note. I I hope he doesn't have to wear any thongs this year, so he never gets on a cold streak. But with him, they also talked about this on the only podcast that. Fernando doesn't really know what position he's going to play. Clearly, it's not going to be shortstop because they brought in Xander Bogarts. And Preller talked about how we're thinking, you know, outfield is taking a lot of reps there. I think at this point, Fernando heading into last year would be disappointed if he couldn't be in the infield. This year, he has no leverage anymore, right? He's trying to regain his name, his reputation, and his standing in baseball. I think it's a conclusion right and no doubt he's going to be in, in the outfield do you guys agree with that corner outfield spot for fernando tati Jr.? no no doubt about it right for me yeah it's i mean it's to me it's a no-brainer but why does he not know that's one of the things that aj or somebody should be calling on saying hey look you're we want you to be our left fielder or center fielder this year i mean yeah. why why are we not he, talking he, he's to saying him? he's saying before we give him a positional need Let's just get him healthy. That's Preller's rationale. Your guy, Heath. Your guy. Yeah, not my guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, guy. I, I, I think I think like there's definitely an inkling. I mean, like, he's not gonna play third. He's not gonna play shortstop. Are you gonna put him not in gonna, second? Yeah, he's not gonna play second. Like it's right field. It's right field. It's right field or or occasionally center field, right? Or, you know, when Bogarts and Manny need a day off, they want to slide to DH, then Tatis comes in and plays shortstop or third base. I think yeah. they're leaving that door open a little bit. Let's put, I let's just, put, go ahead. Just be honest. Just be honest with the guys. I feel yeah. like when the front office is honest with the team, the guys will be honest back with you. And when you're playing this little cat and mouse game, nobody wins. Just yeah. be honest. If, if we can, if the Padres can be just very honest, the front office can be honest. The players will be honest to the front office. And we can make this a family oriented organization just be honest with everybody i mean yeah. that's really what a team and or you want to know like you know when the yankees were a dynasty the front office knew that, and the players knew exactly where everybody stood i mean if you, if you they didn't like you you knew they didn't like you you weren't performing they knew you you know you needed to perform yeah so they, they just they know and when you're playing this cat and mouse game it, it never works out yeah, no, I agree. And look, I'm I'm proud of Tatis. He's already spent a lot of time in San Diego this offseason, more than he was last season. I think he's really committed this season. And look, I know that my being proud of him doesn't go that far. He doesn't know who the hell I am. But I think I speak for a lot of Padres fans that were excited to see him back. And I think that's going to be a big year for him. Even seeing I really him in the Tat swimming pool. Even seeing him in the swimming pool with Joe Musgrove, right? I don't know if yeah. you're right. Just seeing that, doing that every day is something that you wouldn't even see last year. Yeah, I think Tatis is going to have a really good year because I think he's realized, hey, I was the future. I could do whatever I wanted to. Oh, no, you're not the future shortstop anymore. You're he's missing, to... missing 20 games this season, and he's still you're... projected to be like top 10 in war and like a top five MVP candidate. Crazy. Because like you're going to have to re-earn it. And I think he's up for the challenge, and I think he will be smarter and more mature because of this year, of what happened of last year. Right. And last thing I'll say is, I think it's good that he's not like the guy anymore. That's yeah, a right. lot. That's it's a great. lot of pressure on a 21, 22 year old to be like the face of a franchise, right? To be all over the billboards, to be on the cover of MLB The Show, right? To just be the face of baseball. Like, sure, it felt good at the time, but it's so much pressure. I mean, you're so, like, Borna, you're 22. Like, that's a lot, you know? Like, and you carry yourself, you know, really well. And like, not everyone is as mature as you, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
I'm yeah. I'm stupid. Don't get me wrong, and I think part part of Padres Twitter knows that. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, he had the world in, in front of his hands, and I think Kevin Acey wrote a, a great piece with Annie Heilbrand about you know at one point you're soaring, the next point you're fighting for breath, right? And it's crazy how he had everything, and now he doesn't have much. But as you said, it's great that he's not the guy. He's with Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts. I think having a guy like Juan Soto specifically, who's at, who's literally the same age as him, and some people would say is better than him, they're going to push each other. They're going to push yeah. one another to be even better. So I think there's a perfect balance. I think, you know, we talked about this last time, bringing in Nelson Cruz is huge for someone like yeah. Fernando like Tatis Jr. Um, yeah, it's great. I think Clubhouse at this Ed. point now, <laughs> yeah, Clubhouse Padre. At, at this point, it's at this point. There's no more excuses, right? And no more excuses. It, it's now or never. So we'll find out, man. And uh, I think the next time we we all have this chat, it's we're really starting to ramp it up now. So we're gonna know in the in the, in the next few weeks, we're gonna have a lot more news. And I'm, I'm excited. This season's about to be absurd. It's gonna be fun. I'm really excited. A lot, a lot of Padres have a lot to prove, but you know, I'm still a little weary about that starting rotation. So guys on, in the minor Lugo. leagues, hey. Guys in the minor leagues, you know, step it up and kick your kick some ass in, in AAA, and you'll be up here before you know it. All right, everybody. Make sure you go check us out on Believe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on YouTube. That's Heath Bell. That's Nick Kreider. I'm Born and everybody. Signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.